a lecturer in linguistics from Osaka, Japan, on episode 20 of... My guest today was born and raised in the bustling metropolis of Katy in the independent republic of Texas, America. After college at UC Berkeley, she moved to Mino, a city in Osaka prefecture about nine miles north of central Osaka. She has been speaking and studying the Japanese language for 10 years and has lived in Japan for six years. We met in a bar about a month ago and bonded over our shared interest in anthropology, live music, and drinking too much. I immediately realized that she is the guest this podcast desperately needs, someone who might actually know what the heck is going on around here. She earned her master's in Japanese studies, is currently writing her dissertation in cognitive linguistics, and lectures as a specially appointed associate professor in the Graduate School of Language and Culture at Osaka University. Redisu to gentlemenu, Miss Ashlyn Mole. Ashlyn Mele. Meili. Meili. Konbanwa, Ashlyn-san. Konbanwa. So that's Ashlyn Meili. Meili, For yes. those of you ego speakers out there. So I, I was about to ask, did I screw your name up? That was my next question. Yep. And, and yes, I did. You completely fucked it up. <laughs> Have I ever said it correctly? No. Will you say it once? Ashlyn Maley. Maley. This is, by the way, uh, for those of you at home listening to this, perhaps on the subway, perhaps alone while cutting yourself because this is what your life's been reduced to. This is the second in-studio guest we have here in my apartment, and I bought a good microphone, so she might actually sound pretty good. Hey. Hey. How do I sound? Hey, how do we sound? Hey. So let's get started. When, when and how did you first fall in love with Japanese culture? Ooh. Yeah, that's a question that I um, get asked often here. And um, the way I reply is by telling uh, two stories. One is I studied linguistics at Berkeley. So I was interested in studying a language that was typologically, structurally very different from English while I studied linguistics, which is the study of, of language in general, you know, um, looking for universals mm -hmm. and those that are mm -hmm. things that are culturally specific. So I, I wanted to study something really different from English. I, and um, I had never encountered Japanese until I moved to California, really. Uh, I studied Spanish growing not, up. Not a huge Japanese population in Katy, Texas? <laughs> there were like three Asians out of my uh, <laughs> graduating class of 600 people. And that has changed Radically in it's the much last more diverse now. 10 years. Mm. It's, in fact, Fort Bend County, where I grew up, is, was named, I think, last year the most diverse county in America because the populations of African Americans, Asians, uh, Caucasians, Hispanics. and Hispanics uh. was equally 25%. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So, but I never had the opportunity to study an Asian language until I moved to California. And then I made, decided to major in linguistics and I wanted to study Japanese. But the true reason why I chose Japanese oh, okay. over any other Asian language is I have a memory of when I was young in uh, elementary school and I went to the library and there were these little tables where children could, could sit and read books. And uh -huh. I took a book off the shelf. And I sat down at the table and I opened it up and it was a um, collection of photographs from Japan. And I remember thinking, I'm going to go there one day. And that was it. And the light went out and then it didn't get rekindled really till I, I went to university wow. like 15 years later. So if you had gone to a different elementary school, like you might be in China, if like the librarian who ordered this from like the Scholastic Book Service, like ordered a different book, like... No, I believe... You'd be in Germany right now. <laughs> there's no telling based on that book. Or you think it was fate. You think no. there was something... There's an, there's an expression in Japanese. It's, um, it goes, Michi no sure chigai demo tashou no en, which means the brush of 
someone's sleeve on the street is ancient fate. You know, the idea that your karma, everything that's happening now is a result of every infinitesimal thing that has happened. Right. It's not one small little thing. It's everything combined together has, yeah. has led you here. Yeah. What are a couple things you love about Japanese culture? And what are a couple things where you're like, ah? Well, I studied tea ceremony. Like, that's a concrete aspect of Japanese culture that I really like. But it taught me things about being graceful that I hadn't known before. Geisha means artist. And um, the art that they produce is... The art of, I think, moving and being graceful. In tea ceremony, which is an aspect of Japanese culture that I've really um, grown an affinity to and, and enjoy, is um, what's important there is making your movements and presence as graceful as possible to calm your guests. The tea ceremony lasts a long time, and it's it's not just like, hey, buddy, here's a green tea, get the fuck out. Like, it's a whole ordeal with pouring and re-pouring and... And every step is actually pretty specifically defined. I mean, pretty, it's, it's precisely defined. But despite that fact, there is what's called hataraki. It's the unexpected in between these moments. I mean, everything down to what with which foot you enter the room is decided. So all of your movements, um, the angle at which you hold your, your arm is, um, is decided. There's a prescription. Yeah, yeah. But despite that, there are these moments where something unexpected happens and it's about keeping your grace. Hataraki, which actually literally means working. working. Right? Yeah. Hey, look at you. My Japanese is so perfect. good. <laughs> <laughs> what are some things you miss about America other than like morbid obesity and school shootings? Dried fruit and sex parties. Wow. Okay. How valuable do you think this podcast would be to teach your students about, about American culture? My students can't follow this rate of speech and with so many like interjections and, and, and references to like, cultural references. So uh, when I talk to my students, I talk like this. And this often, is how I talk at work. I totally get it. Um, I'm losing my Long Island accent while I'm here. No. No. Oh my God, it's coming back. It's back. Oh. My accent's back. <laughs> your class, I just want to clarify, is always conducted in English. All of your classes. Yes. My students are incredible. And that's because Osaka University is the third most prestigious so, right. university. Basically, you teach at the Princeton of Japan. I mean, I went to another university, a private school. Uh, that's another thing here in Japan. Uh, public universities are more prestigious, prestigious. than private schools. Mm. So I went to a, 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 rel a good private school recently, and it was, I don't want to say appalling, but I was shocked at the difference in um, level of comprehension between of English. students. Yeah. Mm. What is the most interesting observation that one of your students has made about American culture or American people? Or uh, There was a student recently who emailed me and asked how my 4th of July was and said, you know, I know this is an important holiday for Americans. And it's true, and I forget it because I've been here a while, and I've never, I haven't been back in the States for 4th of July for several years. So, and every time, and I, I kind of see through social media, like how big a deal it is. And, um, and I want to participate in that. It kind of makes me, um, sad. But so when he emailed me and said, like, happy 4th of July, I know this is an important holiday for Americans. I just thought, whoa, you, yeah, it, it is. And thank you, Yuma. Good um, for you, Yuma. <laughs> he's emailed me twice. Once with like, he, he just wants to talk to foreigners. A lot of my kids say, where are these people? 
in my daily day. Right. I would love people who'd like to practice English. None yeah. of them ever try with me. Yeah. You know. Maybe it's because I'm lanky and gawky and they just no. look at me and like, They're, this man must play professional basketball or be a serial killer or yeah. an assassin. That's him. You are the prime target for um, Bring English this guy over. Let's get him on the practice. podcast. <laughs> Let's get him on the podcast. Would that cause an international incident, you think, if I brought one of the kids on the podcast? <laughs> Most of my students, when I ask them why he's studying English, a lot of them, a lot of them say, I want to be able to talk with foreigners. The podcast will move forward now. They asked me too, are you know, are you Christian? I'm like, uh, I grew up in Texas. My parents are from California. We didn't go to church. I said I went to church because I was so embarrassed that we didn't. And everyone around me did. One time I, uh, in Wait, school- Wait, hold on a sec. You didn't go to church? No. This podcast is fucking over. <laughs> this entire thing is over. No, you'll, you'll like this. So in school, in Katy, Texas, you know, um, there weren't many, um, Jewish students. So we had a little Christmas celebration looking at Christmas uh, around the world or whatever. And we talked about um, Judaism in class. And this was the first, uh, I was like in third grade. And we sat there all together and we talked about it. And I thought, wow, cool. And I went home and I asked my mom, I said, mom, am I Jewish? And she was doing something in, in like her bedroom, you know, she was fixing it. She was, and she just wasn't really listening. She said, honey, you can be whatever you want to be. <laughs> so I went to class the next day and we were continuing in this cultural theme week and yeah. uh, the teacher asked is anyone jewish and i raised my hand and she said oh great i was like the only one right so she calls on me and she says oh great so can you tell us a little bit about passover and what you do and your <laughs> traditions <laughs> so what did you say <laughs> I just, I just, just um, regurgitated what whatever right. had been taught the day before. Uh, yeah. Um, we eat latka. Sure. We eat latka. Um, that's the day we, we celebrate the fact that we killed Jesus. I mean, uh, to switch topics a little bit, you actually co-authored a book about the difference between American women and Japanese women, right? Like, am I making that up? That's right, right? A little, a little bit making that up. I authored a book um, that's in Japanese. The title is Jose no Tame no Eikaiwa to America Bunka, which it literally translates to uh, English Conversation and American Culture for Women. But when the publisher consulted me about the title, I said, make it English Conversation with Japanese and American women. Neither Fujiwara Sensei nor I am a Japanese woman. So how do we write a book for Japanese women? This sounds like American, old American white men legislating about the female body. What is it like as a, as a Western woman living in Japan? <laughs> You're laughing. It, it sounds like maybe not easy. Well, when I first came here, I thought it was going to be great because I would stand out. Yeah, I thought I would moteru, uh, mote mote. But I got here and I couldn't get a date for like 10 months. And I'm just like, what is going on? And uh, the first date I did get, I was like compromised. Uh, uh, it's like slackening the bar. I was like um, lowering my standards. standards. Yeah. Oh my God. But Loose morals and low standards. That's what we <laughs> fellows are looking for. Yeah. Good, good. Because I got it. I can count on my right hand the number of international or Western and Japanese couples that consisted of a Japanese man and a Western, particularly a, like Caucasian white woman. And I have seen countless numbers of the converse. So couples where the, the guy is, is Western and the woman is Japanese. So there's definitely some kind of imbalance there that I wasn't aware of before I came, but quickly became aware of and just decided to flow with. And as my language skills got better, I got some dates, but most of them 
them were total psychos. All right. I think we've probably reached the end here. There's one really important request that I have, and I don't want you to skimp on this. This is important. I think we probably need to bring you back on the podcast, but for now, we're going to need to do this. I'll probably ask you to do it again. Um, can you please curse me out in Japanese right now? Like, just the most vile, repulsive, demeaning, unforgivable things you can say to a person. Please say them to me on this podcast immediately at this moment. Japanese doesn't have so many explicit curse words. What about manko? It's manko is not a curse word. That's like a clinical term for the vagina. No, that's like pussy. Is that a curse word, Eric? Uh, yeah, if you call a dude a pussy, that's kind of a curse word. It's made me cry. I'd like to reclaim that. I, you can say, chimpo kire. What's that? Cut your dick off. Oh, that's good. All right, keep it coming. This is good stuff. We need this. How do you say motherfucker? So that's the thing. You don't say motherfucker. It's not a vocabulary-based type like insult. It's intonation. And also, um, the role of the R, the guys get this R when they talk kind of like roughly. So korra means like motherfucker kind of like. What does that mean? Do you want to get hit or oh i have i have something to say on this note japanese have this macabre flair for like insulting with threats to kill each other <laughs> okay that just go flies like like it would not in english so you can say koros korra i'm gonna fucking kill you motherfucker but it doesn't sound like it's like i'm gonna fuck you up maybe in english yeah. you would say but i'm gonna kill you do you want to do you want me to do you want to get killed <laughs> or what made a bigger impression on me was um hearing someone say like offhandedly watching the television hatoyama which was a previous prime minister whose wife was like part of some alien cult. He was bizarre. He actually made a promise to move the U.S. out of Okinawa and failed to deliver and then... You're talking about the military base, the yeah. enormous military presence the U.S. Yeah. has there. He, so he failed to deliver. Is that one of the reasons he got voted out? Yeah, and he was just a kook, right? But um, he... So watching this guy on television, uh, one of my friends said, which means... Die? He should die. Wow, okay. But it was like not... That didn't have the resonance or the same elocutionary force as you should die in English. <laughs> I believe I just said my penis died inside a Japanese woman. <laughs> From a Japanese woman. Oh, well. Now you guys see. You guys see how close I am, but how wrong I am and how incredibly important it is that I not be wrong with that example. Well, I, I think we're I think we're great here. Is there anything you want to leave my audience with? You don't really know too many of the people who listen to this podcast, but is there anything you wanted to, to throw out there? Uh, there's something that I was thinking on my bike ride on the way to the station, which is um, that maybe captures my experience here. I love being able to stand out and be ignored at the same time. It's a kind of cognitive dissonance that I enjoy. Um, so You're so I, Hegelian. <laughs> I invite you all to um, partake. And um, So you're inviting my audience to Japan. I think you should definitely come to Japan. By the way, I've Japan. invited all of them. They yeah, won't return my calls or emails. <laughs> so yeah, uh, please join me on my uh, salutation at the end here and feel free to add something fun and or disturbing on top of it. Arigatou gozaimashita for listening. Tanoshikatta. And sayonara.